Welcome back, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Mr. James Carrington Podcast. This will be episode number 51, if I'm not mistaken. And today's episode is a very uh, special episode. I think you guys will enjoy it. It will be probably a two-part, almost three-part series because I have a lot to talk about. And it is centered around my trip to Africa, to Ghana specifically. I went to Ghana uh, last year, um, ending of July into August. Oh no, ending of August into September. And um, it it was a great experience. I'm glad I did it. And so today I'm going to tell you guys about it. I've been meaning to tell you guys about my trips to Africa. Uh, the last time I was there was about five years ago. And I had been meaning to tell. I, I, I actually have recorded stuff about that trip um, partially. And, you know, I was supposed to have published it a long time ago. But I never got around to doing it. So, going back there again the second time, I figured, you know what? I I definitely have to tell you guys about this second trip. I have to tell you guys about it. So that's what we're going to do on today's show. Um, So before we get into it, uh, for those of you who are familiar with the show, you know how we do. We start off with our soundtrack. And while I'm getting you guys ready for the main body of the show, I need you to be relaxed. I need you to be focused. Just sit back, kick back. Kick your feet up, get you a glass of wine, some orange juice, some coffee, some chamomile tea, roll you a blunt if that's your thing, a glass of wine, whatever it is you need to do to get you relaxed and in a good mood and a chill mood to to listen to me for the next hour to uh, two hours. I need you to do that. And we're going to start today's soundtrack with a nod to Mr. No Good. Mr. No Good is actually one of the, he was one of the first black podcasters ever in the world, okay? And I used to follow him back in the day, even before I started messing with Tariq, started following Tariq and a whole bunch of others. uh, Mr. No Good was the very first podcaster, black podcaster that I used to listen to. And so um, the soundtrack here the beginning soundtrack here is a nod to him because Mr. No, Mr. no Good is basically the one who uh, gave me the template or gave most of us black podcasters. He's the one who gave us the initial blueprint and template as to how to go about, uh, you know, putting our voices on the airwaves. And uh, so this is this is in 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 respect to him and his body of work. Uh, no one knows where he is right now. I haven't heard from him in a while. I hope wherever he is, he's good. He's okay. Um, and again, this this is a uh, this is I, I I'm going to dedicate this show. He's one of the people I'm going to dedicate this show to, uh, because he also made a show where he went to Nigeria and he talked about it of course he talked about it from the point of view of an African American I'm an actual African so you know our experiences there, there, there will be similarities and differences and I know most of you who are listening to me 
especially those of you who live in Ghana and in Africa, most of you don't know Mr. No Good of, or haven't heard of his um, or haven't heard his podcast. But my American counterparts, uh, most of them have, so they will understand the the beginning intro song that I'm using. You understand? Anyway, enough talk. Um, let's start the episode. Let's go.
welcome back to the show welcome back i hope you guys were enjoying that brief musical break pardon me if my voice sounds a little hoarse and i keep sniffing i think i'm catching a cold or something must have been one of the kids speaking of kids here comes one right now dad you scared me i did yeah how did i scare you what did i do you scared me but you scared me but you scared me sorry all right anyway that was my little princess right there uh anyway what was i talking about um oh yeah so we're back from the musical break uh and uh, before I get into the uh, body of the show, I would like to give a couple shout outs to some people. I'd like to first and foremost give a big shout out to anybody who's listening to me for the first time. Welcome to the family. I hope you will keep coming back. I hope you will subscribe to the show um, because this show is an entertaining and yet a fun and informative show as well my target audience if you you're listening for the first time is uh, consists of people that live uh, basically in africa and uh as well as in as well as in the united states as uh, but no matter where you are on the globe if you're hearing my voice for the first time uh welcome and uh, I hope that you will, uh, you know, keep coming back and, and enjoying the show consistently. So a big shout out to any newcomers or any new listeners. Uh, I would also like to give a big shout out to those of you, my faithful listeners, who've been with me for a long time. A uh, big shout out to you. Um, I would also like to give a big, big shout out. To all my former classmates who met up with me when I was down there on the motherland. Um, the class, the Tosa class of 94 and 96. Those of you guys who were, you know, able to, to carve out some time out of your busy schedules to, to you know, come meet with me and, and showed me so much love when I was down there. You know, I mean, it's just so many of you guys, you know, uh, I, I just want, you know, from the bottom of my heart, I, I just want you guys to know that I really, really appreciate uh, everything that you guys did for me while I was down there. There was so much love coming from you. I mean, it was just incredible. The amount of love that you guys showed me, it was just incredible. And, and, and I, I, you know, I feel honored that you guys uh, even graced me with your presence I, I just it, 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 the love was overwhelming let's just put it that way the love was overwhelming and I thank you all from the bottom of my heart uh, for taking the time out to, to come see me I mean some of you guys uh, some of these guys I hadn't seen in, in, in over 25 years you know uh, and some I, I've been seeing every time that I go to Ghana. So, you know, it, it was it was just it was just incredible. It was just incredible catching up. And so I'd like to give a big shout out to all you guys down there. Um, 
you know both from the 94 group and the 96 group and for the organizers Jagu and the 96 group basically uh, Dr. Ajemain um, you know Boise, Eddie Javis uh, who else uh, uh, Big Will um, oh man I'm blanking out uh, who else was there that day uh, oh, uh, my, my good friend Akeloxy um, just just if I forgot your name please forgive me please forgive me okay uh, uh, you know but it was just it was just so much love big Mike the big man Mike himself finally I finally got to meet with him you know big shout out to you uh, oh George Crow um, you know and all you guys that uh, it, it was just incredible it was just incredible I thank you guys all uh, thank all you guys and um, also from the 94 group all my old classmates so uh, Jingo biggest Jackie Mike um, Judith um, Alan Matthew I mean all you guys man I man I, man you guys are making me emotional just thinking about it you know and uh, I just Bora um, who else Lutu uh, man you, I just I just thank you guys man I thank you thank you so much for making my trip incredible you know I went down there with another friend of mine from up here and he saw the amount of love that you guys demonstrated towards me and he 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 said you know what dude you have some good friends you have some good friends and I can attest to that one of the questions when I was down there that most of you guys kept asking me over and over again uh, was isn't isn't Ghana wonderful are you enjoying Ghana and and I kept telling them my my response was the same I was like yes Ghana is is I'm enjoying Ghana and Ghana is is enjoyable if you have good friends you understand um, if you have friends who are willing to uh, you know take you out and and just spread you yeah Ghana is enjoyable but if you have friends who don't have the ability or the means to do that then you know you probably won't have as much of a good time as I did you know um, so uh, yeah so you know a big shout out to you guys and um, <laughs> Also, a big, big shout out to all the new people that I met while I was down there. People I had never encountered in my life, but I've met for the first time. I would like to give a big shout out to you guys, too. All the ladies who came to the hotel there and uh, came to uh, rehearse for that pageant. Uh, you guys made... Uh, <laughs> you guys made my boy and I stay very uh, pleasant. Yeah, very uh it was nice to have you young ladies down there doing your thing i wish you guys the best of luck in your future endeavors um and also to others like uh the young lady that uh that i i met 
who's a cousin of a friend of mine. I'm not going to put her name out there like that. She knows who she is. Uh, I would like to give a big shout out to her as well. I'd also like to give a big shout out to a young lady who I knew growing up was a teeny tiny little girl but is now all grown up. Uh, Miss Harmony. I would like to give a big shout out to you, Harmony. And um, I know you know you're you're trying to find your way uh, in, in 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 your field, and I know that eventually you will. Eventually you will. Just never compromise your um, your principles or your values. Um, and 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 keep on praying and eventually you will find that breakthrough that you're looking for all right so if i forgot anybody please forgive me okay uh, it was a lot of people and very little time now <clears throat> let's get into the nitty-gritty of the show so i've been meaning to uh do a show about coming to Africa for the longest time because I was down there five years ago I was in two countries Ghana and Nigeria and I actually started to make a show about it but I never got the chance to publish it so this time around I said you know what I have to do it I have to do it I have to talk about my experiences and I will do so uh uh Keeping in mind that, you know, one of the themes of this show is the whole Back to Africa movement. I've done shows, about, you know, episodes on that, right? Those of you who listen to the show faithfully, you remember. So I'm kind of, you know, this whole theme of the Back to Africa movement uh, ties in with some of what I might be talking about and you know in today's episode I went to Africa in the spirit of um, <clears throat> the year of the return and for those of you who don't I mean if you don't know what the year of the return is really I I don't know what to tell you I don't know what to say to you but I'll, I'll still break it down anyway the year of the return basically is uh, the 400th year okay since when the first enslaved Africans landed on the shores of America and so that was 1619 even though there was an African presence historians have you know pointed out that there was an African presence in the Americas before enslaved Africans were brought here but that's you know neither here nor there so the first Af enslaved Africans were brought in 1619 it's been 400 years since then and so now we're in 2019 and so there has been this collective okay or there has been this movement which I believe originated in Ghana it, or it might have originated here in the States I don't know but either way there was this collective effort on the part of African Americans and on the part of mostly people in Ghana being spearheaded by the president of Ghana to kind of you know um, 
to kind of to to kind of celebrate this year and to to classify it as the year of the return and to designate it as a year or to earmark it as a year for which people who descended from enslaved Africans that are in the diaspora uh, come back to the shores of Africa, particularly in Ghana, uh, particularly to Ghana, I should say, and to kind of, you know, basically <clears throat> celebrate or I don't, I don't know if I want to use the word celebrate, but to kind of make a pilgrimage to Africa to see where it all started to see where the journey of their ancestors started okay we all know the journey culminated in America or in the Americas I should say because not all the slaves were brought to North America some were sent to South America right um, Brazil and all these other countries the Caribbean and, you know so there has been this again this collective effort on the part of people on both sides of the Atlantic to symbolize this year as um, as a year to commemorate right that's the word I'm looking for to commemorate uh, the return of the descendants of enslaved Africans okay and not necessarily to return and come and live on the continent but just a way to commemorate you know the original departure of their ancestors 400 years ago and this movement has gained a lot of traction it has gained a lot of steam it started last year with a lot of african-american celebrities who came to ghana a lot of them uh, and they kind of you know they were the ones who kind of basically put this at the forefront of people's minds and it became a thing and um so when i went to africa this year you know i had that in mind even though i am not a descendant of uh you know of enslaved africans okay but still for me, every time when I go back to Africa, it is almost like a homecoming type thing. And again, not from the point of view of someone whose uh, ancestors were enslaved. Although, I do know that, you know, whether you're African, okay, or you're African American, there is always that possibility that, um you share a common ancestor who wasn't who was captured you understand i have always maintained that the divide that exists between african and african-americans is a bullshit divide you understand it is a divide that was obviously created by whites um caucasians to ensure that you know africans don't get along with african-americans African-Americans don't get along with America uh, with Africans because the narrative that has always been put out there is that hey African-Americans uh, you know it was your own kind in Africa that sold you to whites 
we brought you over here. That has been the narrative that, you know, the European has always pushed onto the African-American. Okay, so he'll say that to the African-American to stir up anger, to, to incite them to look at their fellow black Africans as the enemy. Okay. And then they'll say that to them, to them and then they'll come to the African and say to the African too, hey, you know, you, you're cut from a different cloth than the African-American because his ancestor was the one that was caught for whatever reason. Maybe he wasn't smart, he wasn't intelligent, he was a troublemaker, whatever the case may be. But you were not brought to America, obviously. So there is there is a difference. There's a difference between the two of you. Okay? You you're 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 somehow different from them. You may look like them, but you're different. Deep down inside you're different. And we all know that's bullshit. But the problem with that is Africans, for the most part, also gobble that bullshit up and digest it and it becomes a part of their psyche and becomes a part of the way they interact with African Americans you understand and so there is this divide and the only person or the only group of people who benefit from this division is the European or is the Caucasian or is the white person you understand it's a divide and conquer tactic they did the same thing when they came to Africa 400 years ago or more than 400 years ago you cannot conquer and subjugate the people unless you have them divided okay divided we fall united we stand you know that so keeping in the spirit keeping with the spirit of the year of the return I made my pilgrimage to Africa this year and I had a good time as I've alluded to earlier and um, you know Africa the African experience whenever I go down there I always tell people it's always broken down into three parts okay whole Africa's trip can be summed up in three parts the good the bad and the ugly the good, the bad, and the ugly. And um, before I get into that, we're going to take another quick musical break. Very short one. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Bye-bye. In nine months' time, we will come visiting with 
say boy and girl, Anna Beji man, Adada. Welcome back, welcome back. <clears throat> I hope you guys were enjoying that brief musical break. Oh, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. I I uh, I apologize. I think the last episode I put out was what four or five months ago. Um, so I apologize for that. I actually started to make a. I actually did an episode over the summer, but I never got around to publishing it. And um, and then I had to make this trip to Africa. So you know, and 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 I thought that. When I got to Africa, I would have, you know, a lot of time on my hands to just lounge around and, and do the podcast and, and publish it and stuff. But it turns out that I went to Africa and I had too much fun while I was down there. So, you know, I, I couldn't, I didn't even get the chance to to make a show while I was down there. So for that, I apologize. My, my biggest fan, my number one fan, DJ. She's been pestering me for about four or five months now. Almost every time she texts me, she's like, yo, when is the new show coming on? Don't let me catch you on the street not doing the new show. So, DJ, this one is, uh, I'm dedicating this one to you. Anyway, how's everybody doing out there, y'all? As uh, we're in the month of October, mid-October. I can't believe 2019 is, is slowly coming to an end, you know, but I must say, if there's anything that I'll say, it is that this year has been good to me and my family. I know you guys listened to my last two or three podcasts and it seemed like I was always complaining 
telling you guys just how hard and how rough the past two years had been for me. But if you'll also remember, during one of the first podcasts that I made this year, I alluded, I alluded to the fact that um, I thought or I had hope that this year was going to be a turning point in my life because there was no way by which um, me having gone through what I went through the past two, three years, uh, that this year was not going to be a good year. You understand? And that is life for you, you know? That saying that, you know, nothing is permanent in life is very true. You know, you, you go through, you have your ups and your downs. And when you're having your downs, it just seems like everything is just going downhill. And you, you look up to God and you're like, damn, God, are you, are you punishing me? Is this something that I did? But if there's one thing that I have learned through all of this, uh, it is that god promotes or what is it they say uh um oh god there was a it was a phrase that one of the pastors that i listened to zach's uh zach poonen said i think he said god tests before he promotes exactly that that was the phrase god tests before he promotes in other words god will test you and then he will see if you pass or fail the test before he promotes you it's just like in real life. If you're going from grade one to grade two, if you're going from high school to college, if you're going from your your bachelor's to uh, graduate school, either way, you got to take a test, right? And how you do on that test will determine whether you graduate or not. You understand? If you fail that test, you won't graduate. The test is not going to be permanent. The, the test is just temporary it's, it's just uh, a little segment of your timeline but all you have to do is get across or pass that test in order to make it to shore <clears throat> so if you fail that test you won't make it to shore but if you pass it you will make it to shore you will make it onto greener pastures you will make it into the promised land and so um, that is what I, you know, I have learned these past three years. You understand? Because uh, I went through some rough times. And I, like I said, I, I promised you guys one day I will tell you, I'll give you all the details about everything that happened. Uh, yeah, someday. But all I can say for now is that right now I can't complain about where I am emotionally, spiritually physically um i'm in a good place right now and and i have nobody but the lord to thank for that you know my family my my supporting loving wife beautiful wife with her soft booty cheeks which she's sitting on right now at work and i'm going to squeeze on when she gets home gonna squeeze them booty cheeks but anyway uh yeah so <laughs> how's everybody doing out there <laughs> so yeah so i went to africa ghana to be specific i had a blast y'all i mean you know i um i almost didn't make this trip i almost didn't if i had listened to wifey i would not have embarked on this trip 
because the whole idea was that we were all as a family going to go in December. Actually, my plan was that we were going to go in August and then, well, I was going to go in August and then in December we were all going to go. But then my wife was like, oh, well, why would we want to spend so much money, you know, going twice and all that stuff? Why don't you just cancel the August one and then we can all go in December and blah, 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 whoop-dee-woo. I was like, uh, look here, woman. <laughs> I was like, look here, woman. This August trip is coming on, okay? Whether you like it or yes. And for a while, you know, after that, you know, since, since she planted those seeds in my mind, after a while, I started to, to feel a little guilty, like, oh, man, so I'm going to go to Africa all by myself, and I'm going to leave her with the kids, and, you know, oh, man, it's going to be rough on her and everything. And <laughs> but then I was like, I had to slap myself out of that, like, wake up, motherfucker. <laughs> so instead, what I, I, I decided to do was... Let me find ways or let me put in place systems that will help her while I'm away. Okay, so that, uh, you know, it won't be too unbearable for her. I had already situated myself at work. I had everything situated at work. I had found coverage, you know, for two weeks and everything, you know. So uh, on the work side aspect, I was covered. But then I had to figure out for the home, you know. So we put a few things in place, you know, babysitter scheduled and all that stuff. And, uh, and then I, I, I went to Ghana. Now, it was still rough on the wife, but, you know, she soldiered on. And um, so I gave her kudos for that. And I, I, I promised her that when I get back, you know, I'm going to send her somewhere nice. Or we're going to, for Christmas, I told her, okay, we're not going to go to Africa. I, I agreed with her assessment that we, you know, that would be too much money spent. Besides, we just bought a new house and we're renovating. So, and I just acquired a new business. So a lot of money has been spent this year. So I agreed with her. I'm like, you know what? It's all good. We're not going to go to Africa in December. Uh, God willing, maybe we'll, I'll, I'll take them to Jamaica or something, you know, someplace by the water so the kids can have fun and wifey can relax and all that. Uh, so, wait, now, hold on, y'all. Who's texting me? Okay. Yeah, someone was texting me. I had to uh, respond to that. So, anyway, back to what I was saying. So, so I went to Africa. And... Um, you know this year 2019 as you are all aware this is the year of the return right and so i i went in the spirit of the year of the return as well okay it was it was part of the theme for me even though i'm not in the true sense of the word african-american but you know um i still went to africa anyway to visit family and and kind of you know be a part of this this whole year of the return thing that you know uh, most black people in the diaspora especially African Americans are um, celebrating or commemorating I should say it's, it's commemorating is the better word so I had they I mean I went there I went with a friend of mine um, and we both had a blast 
Oh god. You see this? You can't even take a fucking day off. Hold on y'all. Let me respond to this text. I'm getting text messages from work. Hold on y'all. Man, even when you're not working, you're working. <laughs> anyway, uh what was I saying? So yeah, so I, I went there and oh before I forget, I would like to give a shout out to all the people who helped make my uh my trip a pleasurable one. All my classmates down there uh who met up with me and um you know you guys you guys I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. You really made me enjoy my trip. You know uh, you really made me. I don't want to start mentioning names because it's just so many of you guys that helped uh, make it a, a memorable experience. That if I forget someone, I know I'm gonna be in trouble. <laughs> so, but you know who y'all are. You know. Um, Jesus Christ! Hold on, y'all. Sorry about that. This is ridiculous. <laughs> but anyway. So alright, let's so let's get into the, the details of the trip. So, you know, I left here uh, in August at some point in August. I'm not gonna give you the dates. That's all you need to know is that I left here at some point in August last week and I, I came back in the first week of September. So I left on a Thursday. So you know, went to JFK and whatnot. And um, you know, the flight going was was very it was very smooth, you know. Uh, we were delayed a little bit, but it was okay, you know. And um, so I, 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 I went using Delta because they had a direct flight. But I have to say, I have a Delta, what do they call it? Uh, Sky Miles card or whatever. I got it about four or five years ago or something like that so that I could start accruing, you know, travel points. But I'm getting rid of that shit. Because when when I was there at JFK and I wanted to go use the um, the Sky Lounge, right? You know, so that I wouldn't have to sit in the regular terminal waiting for the plane. You know, I, I get to the, the entrance of the Sky Lounge. There's this older white lady sitting at the computer terminal. Uh, and then there's this black gentleman. He's standing there in his suit you know they're looking all dressed up all proper like and shit and um so i'm like you know i wasn't sure if i qualified for it or not so i showed them my boarding pass and then they said oh uh you don't qualify for it uh unless if you have the american express the platinum one <clears throat> which i used to have one i got rid of it now i have the gold so i showed them the gold one they were like well this doesn't qualify but for 120 dollars or something you can you know so i'm like okay cool i'm like go ahead and swipe the card so this lady keeps swiping the card on her keyboard she's swiping left and right just swiping back and forth and it's not taken right so i'm like what the fuck is going on i just used this card you know so i was starting to feel some type of ways you know so she's like why don't you call american express and ask them i'm like you know what that sounds like a fucking good idea so I, I get on the phone right i place my call to american express i'm like yo american express what's going on man i'm trying to get up in this sky lounge and go chill with some white folks you know what i'm saying i'm trying to get up in there kick back you know put my feet up you know order some drinks and whatnot 
You know what I'm saying? And uh, the lady at American Express was like, oh, you know, your, your shit is working. You know, your shit is tight. You, you cool. I mean, you just used it to unlock a cart, right? I was like, yeah. She was like, nah. You know, it's working. So I'm like, okay. So I go back to the older lady. I, I give her my card back again. I'm like, no, nah, I just got to. Actually, she saw me talking to a mex. So I'm like, yo, you got to try this shit again, right? You got to swipe it again. So she goes back. She's swiping back and forth. Now, bear in mind, this whole time she's doing it, there are people coming and they're letting them go in. Like, I guess their cards are working. But for some reason, mine wasn't working. I'm like, ain't this a bitch? So then I started to think, wait a minute, wait a goddamn minute now. Now, everybody who came while I was standing there and got in, where you guessed it, they were Caucasian. So I'm sitting there like, did this older lady, is there like a Negro button on her computer that she activated? And for some reason, once you push that button, it doesn't make Negro cards go through? Because that's, that's the only explanation I could think of right then and there. I mean, everybody else is coming. They're going through. They're, you know, even they're, they're swiping their cards. You know, they're going through. For some reason, mine is not working. And I just spoke to American Express. So right then and there, I knew there was some shady shit going on. So for that reason, I'm not even, I'm not even flying Delta anymore, Delta. So y'all just lost the custom. You know what I'm saying? And your planes were not that comfortable anyways. You know, I mean... I, I updated my, my seats to um, Comfort Plus or whatever. And they were st I might as well have just been in the economy. Because, you know, the legroom wasn't that much. You know, not to mention when I got to my uh, seat, there was this older white guy sitting in my seat. I always like the window uh, seats, right? So I, I get there. There's this older gentleman with a cane. And he's sitting in my seat. And I was like, you know what, I don't even feel like arguing, whatever, I'm just, you know, he can have it, he has a cane, whatever, whatever. So I sat next to him, and we started chit-chatting and whatnot, and um, so he was like, oh, hi, I'm from uh, Ohio or some Florida, no, I think he said he was from Florida, but he was formerly from Ohio, he was an older guy, he had to be like in his 60s. And uh, he had, like, you could tell he had a smock, you know, that thing, uh, the thing that the cat, no, the priests wear, that white thing they around their neck. He had one on. So he was like, oh, I'm a pastor. I'm going to Ghana, and then I'm going to be in Ghana for like four days, and then I'm going to head to Nigeria for a couple more days. And all I could think to myself was, oh, God. Oh God, some poor young girls are about to be molested in the next couple of days. That is all that came to my mind. You understand? And I know it's a terrible thought to have, but trust me, that this type of shit happens, okay? The older white guy talking about he's a priest, he's going to Africa as a missionary and whatnot. Man, get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. I could smell the fakeness, you know, as he was speaking, I could smell the lies and the fakeness, like, you're a pastor, huh? You know, these guys, they come down there and all they do is molest kids and molest young women and, I mean, young girls and stuff. 
and, and then they do that and they shroud it in in in, in christianity and in missionary work you know what i'm saying like don't you got don't you have enough people here in america to preach to why do you feel the need to come to africa now i'm not saying all missionaries are like that but i'm just saying most of them are like that you know we've had cases you know this whole white saviorism thing when you see white people coming to africa talking about they coming down there to help and whatnot 90 percent of them are not coming to help they're just coming to exploit 10 percent might be coming with a good heart the 90 percent are not coming with a good heart especially if they say they're coming to help if they say they're coming just to enjoy the continent for tourism that's fine they've told you that we're here for pleasure but if they say we're coming for christian work missionary work beware you understand and um and what really solidified in my mind that he was a fake pastor was when the uh, flight attendants when they were serving us drinks do you know this guy ordered some some hard liquor and then he reached into one of his pockets and it took out one of them silver canister thingies right and he poured some of that hard liquor in there like you know and i'm sitting there like wait a minute you're a man of the cloth aren't you why are you pouring why are you mixing hard liquor and and coffee and whatnot why why do you feel why do you need hard liquor man why do you need hard liquor why are you drinking some vodka buddy hmm hmm <laughs> so right then and there i knew this this nigga this this motherfucker was full of shit but anyway i i didn't even you know whatever it's it is what it is so anyway so it was a 10 hour flight man and you know the whole time we're flying flying you know uh, looking at the gps thing you know in front of my uh in front of me on the monitor and it's like you take a nap and then you wake up and you're like god damn we've traveled you know like we're flying at like 700 miles per hour i've been sleeping for like two hours and this is all we've covered this is all the the space we've covered it looks like the plane is still sitting in one place you know oh man but anyway <laughs> so i'm sitting there you know and uh we you know we we finally made our way finally made it to africa and oh before i forget was something i noticed this time around that i didn't notice or wasn't there five years ago when i went to africa delta seems to have a lot of gay flight attendants i'm talking about the, the meals a lot of gay flight there was, they had to be about three or four on my flight alone and i was sitting there like uh okay i mean and and interestingly some of them were very manly looking i mean they were not effeminate looking men i mean this one guy you know he big bearded red bearded guy like he looked like something that could play an extra on braveheart like a scottish warrior or something and yet you know his big beefy hands you know arms like this was a man's man or at least a manly looking man you know and yet his mannerisms was like hi who would you like to drink today would you like coffee or a soda or... i'm sitting there like oh man this this is 
you know this is just a waste of manhood right here <laughs> this is just a waste of masculinity right here now nah, i'm not anti-homophobic or homophobic or whatever anti-gay so no, please don't call me or text me talking about oh that's you the homophobic no i don't have anything against gay gays okay i'm just saying like you know you see someone you know when you see a gay guy you're thinking you know or you expect them to be effeminate or whatever you know effeminate looking but nah these days you can't even go by that you cannot go by that some of these gay guys are some of the most handsome looking men you ever lay eyes on no homo no homo uh as you know like for instance i look at the news anchors you know and um like on 6abc uh tom what is it tom gottman or whatever his name is uh uh david mirror and you know these are these are good looking men you know that you would think you know oh these are men you know they should have their wives you know uh ken and barbie type situation going on with the family and uh apparently from what i've been reading uh, most of them they they bat for the same team so so ladies uh i hate to disappoint you but um if you're looking for a guy who is unequivocally straight and heterosexual uh yeah stop looking at these tall handsome guys you might want to start looking at the short balding ones like me okay <laughs> we are straight as an arrow okay <laughs> anyway i digress so we made it to africa oh man when i when we got there i was so tired um you know because it was like a 10 and a half hour flight made it there we touched out like around 4 p.m in the evening the weather was so nice though and that's why i like traveling to ghana in august because it's light the the, the 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 weather is so you know cool you even need a light jacket you know so got there and i have to say that new terminal three at the airport in accra very nice terminal very nice terminal so big ups to um president mahama the former president of ghana who who built that terminal or to whoever contributed to it i don't know if the president before him it started on the ham or anyway whoever made that the the completion of that terminal successful uh big ups to them because back in the day for those of you who know you traveled to ghana there was only one terminal for both domestic and international flights one with one carousel can you believe that one carousel there'd be times when you would land and you would land and then another plane would land and another plane would land and you guys would all be in the arrival hall and you're like god damn it has to be like a thousand people you know and then one carousel and then the bags would start to come out and you know how it is even with with a full flight one plane you know how sometimes it takes so long for you to get your bag sometimes you start to think uh oh i hope they didn't leave my luggage behind right so just imagine that like just imagine three planes have landed and they all got to get their baggage on one carousel just think about that so now that they've created the international terminal which is 
you know, solely dedicated to international arrivals and departures. That made going through you know checking out such a breeze and it's so nice and clean they had cameras everywhere so all those uh, green shirted immigration officers who used to back in the day would try to ask you for money you know and stuff you know they're being watched so they can't openly ask for money anymore you know they, they, they would still hint at it but the ones who stamped your passports and stuff they had a camera right there looking at their faces and looking at your face so they could not do anything some of them try to hint the ones further down the line try to hint at me to give in, to giving them something but I, I was like no not today buddy mm -mm. i ain't giving you squat i'm tired i'm hungry i just want to get to my hotel room and chill out you understand so i got there the hotel sent a car to come pick me up and uh you know and as soon as i got in the car <laughs> As soon as I got in the car, we started driving on the streets of my crime. Just, it just started coming back to me. I'm like, because I, I was seeing how they were driving again. And it's like, you know, this shit never gets old. You know, you know how like you live in the West, you know, everybody's driving orderly. It doesn't even matter if you're in New York City where there's so much traffic and, you know, but there's still an orderliness. Not in Africa. Not in Ghana, I should say. I wouldn't say all Africa, because I haven't been everywhere in Africa. But not in not in Ghana, not in Accra, the capital city. I mean, everybody is just cars just coming in the opposite direction, you know, opposing lanes, and and you're like, what is up with all this chaos? Like, what? <laughs> you get to an intersection, and it's like gridlock because there is no traffic light or there is no stop sign. So everybody is just trying to, you know, clamor to get in and that causes gridlock. And if you're not careful, you might scrape your ride or you might get into a fender bender. You know, so I'm looking at all this chaos and I'm like, what is it that as a nation, you know, are we averse to having traffic lights? I mean, you would be in traffic and then... You know, eventually you'd get to the point, the origin of, of the or the source of the traffic backup, the congestion. And you would, you know, you would think maybe it's an accident or something. You get there and there's nothing. There's nothing going on. It's just that there is no traffic light. And and it's the gridlock is causing the backup. You understand? And you're like, I mean, how expensive is it to install a traffic light here so that everybody knows when they need to go and when they need to stop? You understand? Just simple, simple things like this. <sighs> so it all started coming back to me. And I, I'm just sitting there like, oh, God. We, we have such a ways to go as a nation, man. We really do. We really do. But anyway, more of that later on. Because there's so many problems and issues that I, I experienced while I was down there and some of the issues and problems you you think to yourself you know this was an issue 20 years ago this was an issue 30 years ago why is it still an issue why is something if something has been if you're married to a woman who's been nagging you to the point that you want to basically bash her head in would you stay married to that woman for 20 years no you would replace her or you would divorce her so think of it like that. African countries have problems which are decades old. Decades. 30 years old. 40 years old. 
It is the same problems. And you would think you've had enough time to fix this problem. Why is it still an issue? You understand? But anyway. So we, we, we made our way to the hotel. And I was so relieved. My cousin, my female cousin came out to meet me. And this female cousin of mine. Big shout out to her, Bernice. She's like a... Whenever any of us go down to Africa, she she's kind of like she's like the the female hen, the mother hen who takes care of all of us. You know, she'll run errands for us, she'll stay with us, she will cook for us, she'll do all sorts of things for us. You know, so um, she was with me, but uh, she was also a cock blocker. <laughs> My cousin was cock blocking left and right. I'm like, will you chill out with all that cock blocking? Because first of all, you know, my cousin, she's a very attractive young lady. And you know what it, how it is. Young, attractive females have attractive friends, right? So, you know, she had a picture of, you know, usually she would have a picture of my brother on her WhatsApp status. But this time she finally put a picture of me on there And I guess most of her female friends were hitting her up like Yo, who that? Who's that with you in the picture? And she's like, oh, it's my cousin from America And they're trying to, you know, they're trying to holler at the player And my cousin was cock blocking <laughs> but uh i mean not that i was trying to get with anybody oh no 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 Mm-mm, that was i'm just saying I, this, this is just an observation that i made okay so please none of y'all don't don't go telling my wife that i was trying to get with anybody because i wasn't trying to get with nobody while i was down there okay i'm just saying my cousin was cock blocking that's all some of her friends they just wanted to say hi and shit you know but she was like no you can't say hi to him he's married and whatnot you understand so uh so yeah that was that so you know my cousin met up with me and you know we went to the hotel i checked in really nice hotel uh it used to be an apartment building a high rise well not a high rise i mean it had to be at most six stories uh that used to be you know for expats okay it was like housing for expats and based on what a friend of mine told me supposedly you know the owners decided to turn it into a hotel and you know so it was it was a nice little you know hotel uh in a you know nice suburb of accra you know and uh you know they had amenities they had the pool and everything and they were not expensive you know, I mean, I spent on average about $90 a day while I was there compared to if I had gone to a regular hotel like the Hilton or whatever, where they charge like, I don't know, 200 to $300 a night. And you're like, for what? I made the mistake of staying at one uh, five years ago with the family. And, um, you know, I, I did that because we just wanted to be by the water. We wanted to be, you know, at an ocean uh uh, front property you know so that hotel happened to be there but they were for the amount of money that they were charging the service was not worth it you understand so this time around thanks to um, services like airbnb and verbo you have a lot of people who are sitting on properties and they're airbnb in the shit out of their properties at affordable rates 
and these guys even though they were, i don't think they're listed on airbnb because they're not apartments it's it's actually it's an apartment hotel if if you if you want to think about it that way you know but they were very affordable and much cheaper than you know if i had stayed at a regular brand name hotel like the holiday inn or whatever so anyway so i checked in the first night you know my cousin and i went out to eat and i started to take in the sights and sounds of accra and um so let's take a quick break now a quick musical break while i gather my thoughts and i'll tell you all about the rest of my trip when we come back don't go nowhere be right back I hope you guys were enjoying that brief musical break. So <clears throat> I'm gonna have to split the show up. I'm gonna have to split it up. I I, I see I've been talking for over an hour now, and um, I just want to keep you guys captivated, right? Because I haven't really gotten started to get into the meat of the show yet. So <clears throat> this will be. I'm gonna end this episode here now. So this will be part one and um and then keep an eye out for part two in a few weeks all right so until you guys hear back from me again be safe out there stay warm and don't do what i wouldn't do okay all right Shall we, shall we, all the 
Come and 